Writing Rogersville, Alabama, and in Alabama, we always have Sunday school before we have preaching. And so I'm just here to give the Sunday school lesson, and then y'all will get some preaching uh, after a while. But I do want to recognize, my wife is in the audience, I want to recognize her, so one, I really want to see where she's sitting. So uh, stand up, wife. There she is. There's Sister Watkins. She is here. And Sister Perlina, one of the members of Northside, she's been coming to lectureships uh, since I was a little baby, and so it's good to have her here. Uh, let's get to the business at hand. They did not tell me how much time I have, but I'm sure they'll tell me when it's almost up. Amen. She said 25 minutes. It started off with 30. I didn't use five of them. The Bible says, Hebrews, if you have your Bible, turns with me, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. I want to look at verses 1 and 2, and of course, there's no way that in 25 minutes you can take care of the whole text, so I'll give you what I got, and then I'll be on my way. If you have it, please signify by saying amen. The Bible says, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which thus so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, <laughs> looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Grace for our race. Can I teach it and then I'll give you a little something to pat your left foot about in a minute, but uh, grandmama told me that good gravy comes from good meat. Uh, our duty is, according to the Hebrew writer, is to run our race with patience. It is to hold on till we arrive at the goal that has been set before us. In spite of our external trials or our inward weaknesses, we are to run this race with patience. And let me stop and say we do have some external trials and some internal weaknesses that will, if we're not careful, they will hinder us from getting to our goals. But we are to be patient, and in well-doing, we ought to seek to glory and honor God. To run well for a season will get us nowhere and give us nothing, but we must learn how to endure to the end if we're going to receive a crown of righteousness. The book of Hebrews can be called the better book of the New Testament. The word better occurs 13 times in Hebrews, and the slogan of Hebrews could actually be building better things through the blood of Jesus Christ. For in Hebrews chapter 1 and 4, it's a better name. Hebrews 6 and 9, a better end. Hebrews 7 and 7, a better priesthood. Hebrews 7 and 19, a better hope. Hebrews 7, 22, a better covenant. Hebrews 8, 6, a better mediator. Hebrews 8, 6, a better promise. 9, 23, it's a better sacrifice. 10, 34, a better future. 11, 16, a better country. 11, 35, a better resurrection. Hebrews 11, 40, it talks about better things. Hebrews 12, 24, it talks about better blood. For the blood of Abel cried vengeance, but the blood of Jesus cries victory. 
There is no blood like the blood of Jesus. And see, I understand, I understand in my life that I'm not trying to get my victory. I already have my victory. I wish I had somebody here tonight who knew that you already have victory as long as you're connected and consecrated by the blood of Jesus Christ. I have the victory based upon what was accomplished out on Calvary's Hill. And since I have the victory, all I have to do is stay on the track. All I have to do is keep running the race. All I have to do is stay in the game. And as long as I hold to God's unchanging hand, he's going to get me to where I need to be. What we must do is continue to trust God. Hebrews places great emphasis on the importance of living by faith. You simply cannot run this race successfully without faith. Hebrews 11 teaches us three things. First, it defines faith. Then it illustrates faith. It, descri it describes faith as doing, as suffering, as waiting. These are the activities of faith. And then finally, Hebrews vindicates faith. In other words, it assures us that the ultimate, that there is an ultimate victory of faith. You're not just running just to be running. You're running because the victory has already been granted in Jesus Christ. You're running because God is on your side. But as you're running, you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Keep looking at Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Take your eyes off of other people. Take your eyes off things. Put your eyes on Jesus so you can get to where Jesus wants you to be. It vindicates faith. It assures that victory, there's victory in Jesus. For people in the past who acted in faith achieved, people who suffered in faith triumphed, and people who waited in faith received their reward. In order for us to run this race correctly, we must give ourselves over to self-discipline. As we're on the track of life, we better start disciplining ourselves. The reason for self-discipline is so that we keep on running the Christian race effectively. Spiritual disciplines are those practices that promote spiritual growth. Let me say it again. Spiritual disciplines are practices that promote spiritual growth. And some of us are not growing spiritually because we're not practicing spiritual discipline. <laughs> The spiritual disciplines give us or promote spiritual growth. Now, understand that spiritual disciplines is more about activity than it is about attitude. Attitude is important, but disciplines are practices. Spiritual disciplines are things you do. They're not character qualities necessarily. They are things that you do in order to promote the character qualities that God has inside of you. First Timothy 4, 7 puts it this way. Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. In other words, as we discipline ourselves and as we practice and as we stretch and strain, and then as we're running on this track of life, we understand that the grace of God sustains us. It gives us strength. It gives us encouragement. So even when you don't feel like getting up practicing, even when you don't feel like running, even when you don't feel like exercising, the grace of God gives something way down on the inside so you can get up and be everything God has called you to be. Here the writer, 
he returned to the thought of Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 36. He says, you have need of endurance. And that's what the writer is saying. You need to run with patience. You have to have some spiritual endurance. He is, as I am convinced, that the Christian life is an endurance race. It's a marathon. It's not a 50-yard dash. And you'd better learn how to endure even when you're attacked and tempted. I know you're sitting up at the lectureship. I know that your dress and your shoes match. I know that your tie and your hanky match. But let me tell you something. We're in spiritual warfare. This is not a playground. It's a battleground. And Satan is trying to destroy you. Satan is trying to call you and pull you away from God. And the writer says, you better learn how to endure even when you're attacked. Endure when you're paralyzed by problems. Endure when you're crippled by calamities. Endure when you're devastated by defeats. Endure when you're damaged by difficulties. Endure when you're hindered by your handicaps. Endure when you're delayed by demons. Endure when you're attacked by your adversaries. Endure when you're engaged by your enemies. It doesn't matter what happens in your life. You better learn how to endure the attacks of Satan. And I believe what grace gives us is strength to endure and persevere in this race. It's God's grace. I am persuaded that grace gives us strength for our struggles. For Jesus is just, is just not our source of faith. He is also our example of faith. The writer in the book of Hebrews, he talks about these cloud of witnesses. Y'all got a minute for this? He says we are encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. But to understand the word witness, is actually, it is actually the word martyr. So the writer is saying, when you become wearied and tired, just look at those who run before you. When you think you can't go any further, just look back in the time and antiquity at those who have run before you. And just as a witness, on the witness stand, for a witness is someone who has information or knowledge of something that can bring some confirmation or clarity to the situation. The Hebrew writer says, in your race, when you need some clarity and some confirmation if this race is worth running, he says all you need to do is look at the great cloud of witnesses. Look at their life and call them to the witness stand. For if you call Enoch to the witness stand, he'll tell you, yes, it's worth it. Because if you walk with God, God will walk with you. Call Noah to the witness stand. He'll tell you it's worth it because it'll save you and your household. Call Abram to the witness stand. He'll tell you this thing right here will bless you and your children. Call Jacob and he'll limp to the witness stand. And he'll tell you that if you hold on to him, he'll bless you like you've never been blessed. He'll give you a limp for a lesson, but when you leave, you'll leave with a blessing. Call Joseph to the witness stand, and he'll tell you this he'll make all your dreams come true. Call Moses to the witness stand, and he'll tell you stand still, and you'll see the salvation of the Lord. Call Joshua to the witness stand, and he'll tell you to help you to defeat all your enemies. Call Gideon to 
a witness stand and he'll tell you that he'll add by subtracting and he'll multiply by dividing. Call Rahab to the witness stand and as she's hanging or going out of business sign on her door, she'll tell you, baby, it ain't how you start, but it's how you end. You keep on running. Call David to the witness stand and he'll tell you it's not about your habits, but it's about your heart. And as you're running, you got to look to Jesus. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. He is the author. He's our source and our sustainer. He's a comrade and the captain. He's the ship and the sailor. I stop by to tell you it's worth it to stick with Jesus. He says, listen, whenever you don't feel like taking another step, when this race seems like it's too much, just look at who ran before you. Let their faith, this is what he's saying, let their faith be a testimony that is worth it. And don't you ever retreat. Don't you ever back up. Don't you ever turn around. Don't you ever stop. Don't you ever give up. Don't you ever get, give in. You keep on running this race because God will give you enough grace to run this race and then he'll give you a prize at the finish line for running the way he told you to run. Can I call one more witness to the witness stand? Now it may take, I got 10 minutes. That's all I need. Now this last witness, he is the key witness. Because if you need to know something about grace for this race, I need to call somebody who's been a great recipient of God's grace. First of all, I'm gonna call the key witness. And then I'm gonna call the star witness. But can I call the key witness? Now it may take him a little time to get here because he's been through some things. The key witness is now walking in the room. But while he's coming, let me tell you what he's been through. The key witness, he's been beaten to an inch of his life five times by the Jews. This witness has been beaten with rods. He's, this witness has been stoned once and shipwrecked three times. This key witness has been left for dead in the oceans and in the water. This witness, he's been robbed. He's been ostracized and lied on. This key witness has been in perils and he's been hated by heathens and been turned on by his brothers. This key witness, he's been in weariness and in pain. He's been hungry and he's been thirsty. And then this key witness, before he came, he gave me his dossier and he said, if that ain't enough, I had to deal with some stuff at home and at the church. So I believe if there's a witness who's able to tell us about running with the grace of God that gives you swift feet, this key witness by the name of Paul, he's going to tell us in 1 Corinthians 15 and 10, Paul says, by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than them all, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. 
Paul said, I've been running this race for a long time, and I've been through some stuff, but I'm not running on my own accord. I'm running because of the grace of God. I'm running because grace had not been wasted on me, and because I received the grace of God, I'm working harder than anybody, but I need you to understand that it's not me, but it's the grace of God that's inside of me, and I stopped by to tell you that Paul ran his race, and Paul finished his course. Can I call my star witness now? Can I call somebody who sure enough knows something about the grace of God? Well, why don't you come to the witness stand? Because you are the star witness. You know something about the grace of God. For the grace of God rocked you to sleep last night and woke you up on this. You the star witness. See, can't nobody answer like you can answer. Can't nobody testify for you like you can testify for you and if you've been through some stuff, you know something about the grace of God. But through it all, you ought to choose Jesus. You ought to make Jesus your choice. See, if I want politics, I'll choose a party. If I wanted wealth, I'll choose an investment. If I want health, I'll choose a doctor. If I want a house, I'll choose a realtor. If I want a car, I'll choose a dealership. If I want a degree, I'll choose a college. If I want fitness, I'll choose a gym. If I want clothes, I'll choose a store. But if I want grace, I choose Jesus. Why do I choose Jesus? Because this race, it ain't easy. But as long as I got King Jesus, <laughs> Let me give you this in my last four minutes. There is a difference between a race and a chase. <laughs> God blessed us about almost two years ago with a grandbaby. And she loves her people to death. Whenever she sees people, she'll come up to me and Rochester, she'll hit me. And she'll say, People, chase. What she's trying to say is, I'm going to run and I want you to chase. I don't want you to race me. I want you to chase me. Watch this. Chasing is a game. <laughs> Racing isn't a game. The problem with some of us is we're chasing. And any time you chase something that don't want to be caught, that's called a game. And some of us got too many wrinkles on our face to be playing. Y'all ain't saying nothing. It's time out for games. We need to start running this Christian race. We got to take our flip-flops and sandals off and put on our combat 
boost because the devil is trying to destroy us. And if we're going to make it, it's because of the grace that God has bestowed upon us in order to make this race successful. Grace for the race.